0: Welcome to another episode of the Buckets Mentality Podcast. This is the draft episode. We're going to be talking about all the major moves on draft day, how teams got better, how teams got worse, and everything in between. Let's dive into it. We're going to talk about first the number one overall pick. Congratulations to Anthony Edwards out of Georgia. I know there was some skepticism going into his uh, draft day, you know about certain comments he's made about not fully being invested into basketball. I know I personally didn't have him as my number one prospect, but I still think he's going to be a really, really good player. Like I said in the last episode, I think he's like Victor Oladipo 2.0, and going to the Minnesota Timberwolves is a good fit for him. I still believe that the Wolves should have taken Lamelo Ball with the number one overall pick, but Anthony Edwards would be a very good player. He's technically a more natural fit next to D'Angelo Russell. You don't have to worry as much on the defensive end with those two. He still does have size and strength at the two-guard spot. D'Lo is going to be able to play the one. He's going to be able to be more of a playmaker, have the ball in his hands more like he likes. And Anthony Edwards will be able to move without the ball, cut without the ball, things like that. So it will be a good fit. And I do think Minnesota, at the end of the day, got a very good player, number one. They're still winners because, number one, they had the number one pick in the draft to begin with. And number two, this guy's going to be a good contributor for them right away. He's going to be a really good player next to Carl anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. That's a very good core for the future. So shout out to them at number one. LaMelo Ball going to the Charlotte Hornets. I think he got a more natural fit with the Charlotte Hornets as opposed to to the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's gonna have the ball in his hands more. He's gonna fully be able to run the show and instantly he could be the face of that franchise. He could be the best player on that franchise. So that's gonna be a big time pickup for the Hornets, their brand, they're already gonna get way more tickets, way more jerseys, things like that. LaMelo ball, great fit in Charlotte. James Wiseman going to the Golden State Warriors at number two, he may not be the best player in the draft, but he's a perfect fit in Golden State. He provides rim protection with the Warriors. He provides screen setting. He provides a lob threat. But the saddest news of this draft day was that the Golden State Warriors lost Klay Thompson. They lost a the top 15 player in the league. They lost the second best shooter, the best 3 and D player, which is absolutely significant blow to their team. It removes him from being a legitimate championship contender. We thought the Golden State Warriors could potentially go to the Western Conference Finals, and they could be the biggest threat to the Los Angeles Lakers in the Western Conference. That's just simply not the case anymore with Klay Thompson, their second-best player, going down. So James Wiseman will still have a very good rookie season in my estimation. I think he'll still be a big piece for the team moving forward, especially when Klay does come back next season. Hopefully, he could be near the same player, but with an Achilles tear, man, it's going to be really tough on Klay Thompson, who's coming back now from an ACL and an Achilles. So we never know if Klay Thompson is going to fully be the same player or anywhere close to what he was before he went down. Uh, But James Wiseman is still a very good player. There was a little skepticism whether they should still go big with the Klay Thompson news. That We didn't really know at that point in time how long Klay was going to be out. They thought maybe they could bring in another guard in there. But they did go Wiseman. That was the player they'd been scouting and wanted for a while now, so that's probably the right move. And I think he was a good fit. And I projected this at number two for the Golden State Warriors. The Chicago Bulls, man, like what the hell are y'all doing? I mean, you had a bucket getter guard in Killian Hayes. You could have paired with with Zach Levine, okay? He's a guy that can not only create for himself, but he can also create for his teammates. Zach Levine is more of a scorer than a playmaker. And Killian could have been on the ball as the playmaker and Zach Levine could have been working off of him. That would have been a really nice backcourt in the Eastern Conference to compliment Laurie marketing to compliment uh, their center, Wendell Carter. So Chicago, to me, they kind of fumbled the bag a little bit. There were a lot of other prospects that I was higher on than Patrick Williams, but, I mean, he could bring some defense, and he does have potential. So we'll see. What happens with him? I'm not just the biggest believer of his. Like, I, I don't really know too much about him in comparison to some of these other top prospects. That really surprised me. The Bulls went there. And the Cleveland Cavaliers, they took Isaac Okoro at the fifth pick. He's a really good perimeter defender. But again, I think Cleveland could have used a guy like Obi Toppin. That's a high flyer that can shoot the three. He's a lot more polished offensively, although he does have his defensive concerns and question marks. I really thought they could have traded a Kevin Love and then brought in Obi Toppin as his replacement, and that would have been really, really nice for them. They obviously couldn't draft a guard because they already have backcourt with Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. So, uh, I mean, we'll see how it works with them, and hopefully he can really cover up some of the weaknesses of the backcourt defensively, and I understand it from that perspective, but I would have looked to go elsewhere if I was the Cavs and the Chicago Bulls. But, hey, those players could be really good for them moving forward. And they already have some other pieces to build off of. So we'll see what happens. And some of the top overall prospects, the consensus guys were already gone by the time it was their pick. So I can't fault them too much. Um, talking about the sixth pick of the draft. The Atlanta Hawks got a really nice player in Onyeko Okonwu. Uh, he's a great fit behind Clint Capella. He's going to be their defensive anchor and lob threat moving forward. Trey Young, is obviously a talented offensive player He's one of the most valuable offensive players in our game but his defense is arguably the worst in the league so bringing a guy like big o who could really complement trey young really well that could really be his help defender and protect the rim at a really high level and learning from a guy like capella who's going to be asked to do the same things right away in the starting lineup and him coming off the bench i think that's a great fit both for the hawks and for okong as a player in his development so Great job of the Atlanta Hawks not saying, oh, we already have a center. We're not going to take this guy. When this guy can be a big-time impact piece for you moving forward, when he's ready to eventually be a starter, you can then maybe look to trade Clint Capella and get some value for him in return. Clint Capella is still a very young player in his own right. So great job by the Hawks. I think they're definitely moving in the right direction. This should be a team to watch for the playoffs sooner rather than later, even though they're still pretty young and they're not a good team this season. The Detroit Pistons, I mean, I've been raving about Killian Hayes a lot, and he's my number two overall prospect in this draft, and the Pistons got him at number seven. So I definitely think they're big-time draft winners. He is the point guard of the future for the Detroit Pistons, and they could really do a good job putting around a roster uh, where he could really have his play style on full display. He's going to have the franchise similar to like LaMelo Ball has with the Charlotte Hornets, just without the same type of height, hype and flair. You know what I mean? So he's going to be a good fit for them and (laughs) good job by the Detroit Pistons. The New York Knicks. I mean, everyone loves to bash and hate on the New York Knicks for their draft selection. Trust me, me too. In the past, they've made some really bad decisions and we've been on them for it, both in the draft, both in free agency, acting like they were going to get big time free agents and striking out the New York Knicks organization has been a laughing stock for a while now, but they got this pick right. They got a top five value prospect at pick eight. He's a showtime, flashy player that's got some skill on him. He's got a jumper on him. And they could address their point guard needs moving forward with a guy like Fred Van Fleet or maybe even a Russell Westbrook via trade or free agency, respectively. So the Knicks are going to have some guys on the market that can come in and play point guard. There wasn't really a a top point guard that I would have taken over Obi Toppin's potential. So I think they took the best available player at their spot at number eight. And that's really all you can ask for for a team like the New York Knicks that doesn't really have any like franchise cornerstone building blocks type prospects. I mean, R.J. Barrett is a pretty decent prospect. Mitchell Robinson is another decent prospect, but they don't really have a true core of players like some of these other teams or at least you see some young talent that they could really build around i don't really get that vibe from anyone on the new york knicks maybe Obi Toppin and can be the start of something for the new york knicks the washington wizards got denny advita at number nine that's a great value pick um and then you got him next to john wall bradley beal and he was projected in a lot of people to go top five so the fact that he was still available is a big plus for the washington wizards he's a role player. Okay. So he doesn't, you're not expecting him to go out there and get a crazy amount of buckets. He does a lot of things pretty decently to pretty well, but he doesn't do anything exceptionally well. So he's just going to be a, a solid contributor with a high basketball IQ, but don't really expect him to be a star or anything crazy like that. Uh, some other value picks I really liked at this draft, uh, Tyrese Halliburton at number 12, uh, he's a great compliment to De'Aaron Fox in the backcourt. He's more of a secondary ball handler. Fox can be the primary ball handler. He's a pretty good playmaker, good basketball IQ. He can shoot the ball pretty well. I think that's going to be a really, really great fit in the backcourt. And then Aaron Neesmith. Uh, he went to the Boston Celtics at number 14. They got the best shooter in the draft. And especially with the rumblings and question marks about Gordon Hayward's future in Boston, he opted out of $34 million which I cannot believe um, Boston's going to get another guy, another wing that can contribute and get into the rotation. He's a guy to me that fits better than Gordon Hayward. Anyways, I just have always thought ever since that injury and even before I wasn't the biggest Gordon Hayward believer, but especially after that injury, he just never really seemed to fit with the new squad that Boston brought in a lot of players that need the ball in their hands to be effective. And he just did not fit their new timeline, similar to Kyrie Irving. I actually think he was a bigger reason for Boston underachieving, and underperforming with the amount of load and roll he had than Kyrie Irving. I think he should have been the one getting the blame more so than Kyrie. But, I mean, good pick for Neesmith going to Boston, good fit. And he could play off of Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, and Jalen Brown in that situation. Other teams that had good draft days, to me, the Philadelphia 76ers, um, they got out, rid of Al Horford's big time contract, which a lot of people did not expect them to be able to do. They added some sharp shooters, Seth Curry. I mean, Danny Green, we saw him bricking a lot in the bubble and in the playoffs, but he's still a guy that has to be respected to a certain extent from three point range. He's gonna provide them some good spacing, even if he's not hitting the shot consistently. Isaiah Joe's another good value pick for them just as a pure shooter. And they're really getting guys to compliment Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid finally with Daryl Morey. I, ben said Daryl Morey knows how to get shooters. We've seen that over the course of his tenure in the front office. And Ben and Joel need shooters. So if they're going to give it one more run with those two, about time you get them some shooters. Okay. Uh, Tyrese Maxey is a guy that can create his own shot that they also got as a good value pick coming off the bench for the Sixers. He could be a big time contributor for them. So overall, I got to give my props to that front office, man. They did an absolutely tremendous job. And then the Dallas Mavericks who are also involved with the Sixers in a trade, they were able to acquire Josh Richardson and he wasn't really an ideal fit, uh, in Philadelphia. His defense was obviously big time. But Offensively, his shot creation and his sharp shooting wasn't consistent enough. Dallas already has Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis offensively. They just needed a wing defender. They got that in Jay Rich. And they also got Tyrell Terry to replace Seth Curry. He's a younger sharpshooter, and he has a little bit of the shot creation that Seth Curry has. He could be a very good replacement for them if he develops, which he probably should because Rick Carlisle is a hell of a coach. Luka Doncic is going to give him plenty of opportunities i like that all together for the dallas mavericks and then finally man the oklahoma city thunder they've just been piling on draft picks with these trades oh my goodness they're just they're just literally hoarding draft picks i don't know if they're gonna trade for a big time star but man how many draft picks have they acquired in these various trades they're taking on contracts they're literally doing whatever it takes to get draft picks so you gotta tip your cap to them. They they know what they're doing in the rebuild type of thing. But we'll see if they can actually draft well or if they're trading because they gotta trade some of those picks eventually to get some good talent. I mean they've they've got a lot of like decent prospects like Shea or Alexander. But moving forward, you're not gonna win with picks. You're gonna win with actual talent. So hopefully they get those things right and maybe they can bring in some stars and not. Mess it up like the first time they did when they had Kevin Durant, James Harden, Russell Westbrook and still didn't win a ring out of it. So it would be interesting to see what's going on in Oklahoma City. But a lot of the contenders are happy that they can do business with the Thunder because they're basically willing to do whatever the hell they want for a draft pick. Uh, some other big time moves in the league as far as trades go may not have all necessarily happened on draft day. But this was a draft day one. the Clippers Sending Landry Shamet to the Brooklyn Nets. Canard, Luke Canard of the Detroit Pistons heads to the Clippers. So the Clippers get an upgrade as a shooter with Luke Canard over Landry Shamet. The Nets get a shooter in Landry Shamet that can help them on a contending team or could be involved in a potential James Harden trade package down the line or maybe trading for another star player or solid contributor. Either way, Schammett's a big time piece next to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and he's still a young player with potential. Luke Kennard, a very similar deal, just a little bit better than Landry Shamet. And then obviously Detroit Pistons getting the draft pick, which is good for them. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers are able to acquire Dennis Schroeder um, from the Oklahoma City Thunder. They were able to flip Danny Green. They're also able to flip a first-round pick, and they didn't even have to give up Kuzma in that transaction. So the Lakers get a guy that I believe should have won sixth man of the year. They get the leading scorer off the bench, in the NBA, a guy that can create his own shot off the dribble and can manipulate the pick and roll, and he can also play make, and he can shoot 41% from three. So the Lakers literally got basically their perfect player that they need to go alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis, especially with Rondo expecting to get paid. He may leave the Los Angeles Lakers. They basically get a Rondo that can shoot the ball, okay, and can be a threat, and he's a lot younger, and he fits the timeline of Anthony Davis a lot more. So I think that was an overall fantastic move by Rob Polenka. They really have to give up that much. So that's one of my favorite value additions um, of this whole draft day. Kelly Oubre going to the Golden State Warriors. They're trying to fill this Klay Thompson void. Kelly Oubre is not anywhere near the shooter that Klay Thompson is, but he can shoot it a little bit. He can create off the dribble. He has length and size, and and he could fit in with the Golden State Warriors. And if they're still trying to contend to make the playoffs, to push a second round, I don't really see them going to the conference finals anymore, but he could definitely help make them a competitive basketball team for sure. With Curry, they're always going to be competitive. Mikel Ubrey could be another guy, another piece for them. And then obviously Drew Holiday. I mean, Drew Holiday is probably the biggest name that's been moved in these last couple of days, going to the Milwaukee Bucks being a guy that's a upgraded over Eric Bledsoe in pretty much every aspect of the game. He's a better defender. He's a better shooter. He's a better shot creator. He's even a better playmaker. Like, they basically got a big-time upgrade at the point guard position. They got a third scoring option, a legitimate third scoring option, and someone that actually shows up in the playoffs a lot more than Eric Bledsoe does. They flipped him. They flipped George Hill. They gave up a lot of first-round picks, but at the end of the day, if they can keep Giannis onto the Kumpo, that's all that matters at the end of the day. And this type of move gives them a much better chance to keep Giannis. So I like it from that perspective for the Milwaukee Bucks. They did have a sign-and-trade type thing where they were trying to get Bodan Bogdanovich, but it ended up not happening. There was something weird going on, which the NBA is investigating, where they can't even get Bodan Bogdanovich. That would have been a lethal starting five. He would have been a great fit next to Giannis and Drew Holiday and Chris Milton, who are still able to keep the bucks would have been going crazy next year, but unfortunately that's not the case anymore. So they got to get back to the drawing board, see what else they could do. Maybe bring back Wesley Matthews. I don't know what other types of moves the bucks are going to do. And we'll see in this free agency period, but that's a big blow. When you're trying to keep Giannis, every single move, every single role player, every single piece is very, very valuable. So, The fact that that bag was fumbled is a tough scene if I'm Giannis Antetokounmpo, because that kind of really could have been the move that would have made me stay. But now teams like Miami are kind of ready to pounce, okay? Let's just put it that way. Anyways, we got the NBA draft out of the way. We got NBA free agency coming up soon. I am so excited. It actually starts in less than an hour for me as I'm recording this podcast episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm out till next time. Peace.